Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Good day, gladiators. Thank you for listening to another episode of Sword and Shield Podcast. It's Francis Martinez, Director of Psychological Health for the 960 Cyberspace Wing, here with two guests on the line from the Rape Crisis Center. We have Jasmine Chavira and Joanna Licon. Thank you, girls, for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. And so uh, so all the gladiators know why we are having the Rape Crisis Center join us um, on this podcast. So January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Um, and myself, I, I, I thought about human trafficking and just really didn't think about it happening in the States. I, you know, I didn't feel like, you know, it was a problem that we had here. But apparently this is a huge problem. Like I, I read about 40.3 million people a year are trafficked. Yeah, and actually within the state of Texas alone, um, there's two different types of, of human trafficking. You've got um, labor trafficking and you've also got sex trafficking. And within the state of Texas alone, um, there are about 234,000 victims of labor trafficking at any time. And then for sex trafficking, you've got about 79,000 youth minors who are sex trafficked in Texas at any time. So yeah, it's definitely prevalent here in Texas and here in our communities and around us. So can you talk a little bit more about like the forced labor um, piece of the trafficking and what that looks like, what it means? Uh, so our listeners have some idea of, you know, what it really is. Yeah. Um, so forced slavery is, is really interesting because it's really common, but not a lot of people know about it. Um, so basically a person to be forced against their own will to be, uh, working for someone. And that could be just basic labor. Um, there's also foreign labor trafficking where an individual is coerced or forced to move countries to work here. Um, and then as well as like, um, there could be a combination of po- uh, both, forced and sex labor, but a lot of people don't know because when they're trafficked from um, another country, you don't know who that person is. They usually keep them in their own home and force them to do things. Forced labor can also mean um, they could be forced to do labor and be paid less than minimum wage, and that's also considered trafficking. Okay, and how do people get trafficked? How does that even happen? Um, usually it happens, um, by different ways. Um, we like to think of, um, like just thinking about like how a trafficker would think about how to like, um, lure their victims in is, is, is very different for every individual. The trafficker kind of observes that person for a while sometimes and knows what they're lacking. Um, sometimes it could be a person that's in need of money. And so they'll use that to coerce them to, like, come work for them um, by giving them money. Sometimes 
it, it could be that person likes to use drugs and they'll use that to lure them in. They used to, um, using like a boyfriend technique that like trust dependency, they build their trust, they know who they are, they know who they surround themselves, lure them in, isolate them from their families, and then eventually have them depend on them so that they it's harder for them to go back to their families, to their own country, um, to where their safe spot is. Okay. And so there, it sounds like there are a lot of different indicators that a predator looks for um, in, in, a, in a victim. Yes, definitely. Um, it could be money, drugs, food, shelter, clothing, anything. It's not really limited to, the, I, like I said, they, they sometimes study them for a while. Um, they're very um, smart individuals. Um, and once they know what they're needing in their life, they kind of lure them in. Okay. Um, and then as far as like the sex trafficking, you know, I've seen on TV where kids are just snatched up, you know, they're with their parents in the parking lot somewhere and they're snatched up and, you know, kidnapped. I mean, are we talking like that's how generally they are brought into, you know, sex trafficking or are they, you know, preyed, uh, preyed on um, as the forced labor individuals? Um, it could be a number of factors. It could happen. Um, I've, I've heard of cases where they've been snatched, um, whether it be minors or adults, where they've been snatched or they thought they were going on a date and they go on a date and then all of a sudden they're drugged and end up in a different state. Um, they could end up being at school. Like um, They sometimes have an individual who they call the bottom, which the bottom is someone they trust to lure that person in. It could, it's usually a female most of the time it's a female, um, who will, who works for that person. And that person could be in the school and, um, they look like a normal teenager that goes to school and they lure girls in and that's an easy way, easy target right there. And I just want to like chime in and say, um, but you made a really great point, um, because the things that we see on media, the things that we see on TV shows, um, where it's like kidnapping, yes, it does happen, but it's a misconception that we have that that's the only way human trafficking happens. Um, because definitely these other recruitment methods that traffickers use, like Joanna says, um, the romantic relationships, um, the it's someone who they are familiar with, someone who they know. So yeah, it does happen sometimes in, in these cases of kidnapping where you the uh, trafficker does not know the victim. Um, but more often than not, there's that connection and that personal relationship to the victim um, that they use and manipulate to get them to either do labor or sex trafficking. So it's really they're preying on their trust, it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I know there's a big myth, too, right, that, you know, victims, when they're out in public, they're going to go and seek help. But that's not always the case, because if that were the case, I mean, they're out all the time um, in different, you know, uh, public settings and they continuously are being victimized. So why is there that big misconception or that big myth? I think it's um very familiar with it's like very um you say you can say it like it's like as similar as domestic violence, right? Um, we say like, oh, why don't they get out of a relationship? Well, there's 
dependency on that relationship. There's intimidation. There's coercion. All these factors that we don't understand. Um, some of them are afraid for their own life to leave. And so we want to make sure that before, as advocates, before they leave that relationship, they're going to be in a safe place. We can't force them to leave a relationship and then something happens to them. <laughs> Yeah. And, and another myth is that this only happens to, you know, lower socioeconomic groups, um, which is really also not the case, right? It can literally happen to anyone in any group setting. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And um, it can happen to anyone. Uh, we do know that majority of the victims, uh, the gender is primarily female. Um, however, I do want to throw out there that we do often forget that males can often be victims of human trafficking as well. Or um, again, whether it's labor or sex trafficking, that is not just um, females who, who are victims. So yeah, it can definitely begin um, be, happen to anyone of any age, any gender. Um, again, to the age, it typically happens when it begins when they're minors, um, but it, it can definitely happen across the board. And so can you guys share some, you know, some indicators that people like myself um, or, or others can look out for to see or, you know, signs that that someone is in need of help or being trafficked? Um, as far as indicators go, um, a lot of our teens, um, it, it's interesting as a parent, um, there's some indicators that are interesting, like a lot of the times their parents would take away their phones and they end up with a different phone every month, or they end up with different clothing that their parents never brought up, bought them. Um, sometimes they have a hard time, um, looking you in the eye or asking random questions. Um, when you ask them questions, they, they don't know how to answer. Um, when, when a police officer is talking to them, they don't know how to answer because they don't have, um, that person next to them where they feel safe. Um, they're very smart. Traffickers are very smart. So they coerce their victims and into a manner where they don't, they don't speak like, so if there's most of the, um, indicators are like, you know the person that you're talking to, and if they start um, acting a set different way, there's not one indicator, but when they start acting a different way or have new clothing, um, just those are just small indicators. There could be so many indicators depending on that person. Definitely isolation can be a, another one. Like if you notice someone, whether it's your, your youth or um, a friend um, who you're with, and then suddenly they start like isolate, there's someone new in the picture, maybe it's a significant other um, in a relationship, maybe it's their new friend they've met, and then suddenly um, they see, you start seeing less and less of them. It could be the trafficker trying to isolate the victim away from friends and family um, to try to gain more power and control over that victim so they can get them to, again, build that trust and that dependency um, in that relationship. Sometimes, unfortunately, there's also like drug use um, and so some teens will start, um, like what you could see, like the track marks on their hands and when they never used before, because like we said, sometimes they inject them with drugs just to like, kind of like make it easier for them to be trafficked. Um, and so that's like a really hard, um, thing to deal with. Also when they're minors and they have STDs, like that's a huge red flag right there. Um, <laughs> And um, some of the physical, some other physical signs, right, that parents or even friends can look out for 
um, unexplained bruises and different stages of healing, right? Because domestic violence and, and assault are part of being trafficked. Um, some um, emotional um, abuse as well. Um, being confused or disoriented, like you guys said, with, with the um, drugging um, of those individuals, uh, stopping school, being just disconnected with from family and friends. Yes, definitely. And so how do you, um, what, what is the role of the Rape Crisis Center um, for those that are needing um, help with being trafficked? So the role of the Rape Crisis Center is um, we definitely want to build their trust. So um, as an advocate, I can definitely say that sometimes clients don't want to go into therapy right away because they're not going to trust their counselor sometimes. And sometimes they'll, they'll want that. It just depends on the stage that they're at. Um, but just kind of gaining their trust back, um, seeing if they want to get counseling, um, rebuilding those bonds that they've broken throughout this uh, relationship with their trafficker. Um, but definitely the key point is trust, um, seeing, um, what they need. And so what is the, what is the process of, you know, seeking help through, through the center? Yeah. So, um, we have our hotline, which is 24 seven. Um, and so usually sometimes the human trafficking hotline will call us, um, and just kind of refer clients to us. Um, and our number is 210-349-7273. Um, they definitely can talk there and request an advocate. Um, they can use that as an emotional support if they're not ready to seek services right away because everybody's at a different stage. Like I said, we don't want to pull them away in a place where they're unsafe. And so that could be definitely the first stage just calling the hotline having someone to talk to building that trust connection now definitely after that and if being an advocate we can definitely continue with that process and they can receive benefits um a lot of human trafficking victims have free counseling services because they were trafficked it's a it's a crime against the victim and so there's a lot of services out there that not necessarily just a rape crisis center but other agencies as an advocate we seek to see what they need so you guys would be a great starting point for any individual, um, and then you guys can connect them to the right resource if, if um, they need additional services? Yes, definitely. Okay. And um, I want everyone to to be aware that um, the, the 960 Cyberspace Wing is hosting a 40K. Um, again, that's connecting, you know, the 40.3 million uh, victims a year that are being trafficked. So we're, we're doing a 40K in the month of January, um, 40K your way. So if you want to, you know, walk a couple miles or run a couple miles um, a day, um, any way to get a 40K in. And a 40K equates to 24.8 miles. So for those that do not run marathons, I don't suggest you wait to the last day. <laughs> <laughs> to, to do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're trying to spread awareness on, you know, this, um, this crime that's sweeping, you know, America. And uh, I don't think people realize this is like a billion dollar crime or a billion dollar industry. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, and 
you know, speaking of that, it's actually more profitable. You know, you hear a lot about drug trafficking, but human trafficking is more profitable market, unfortunately. Um, and why is it? It's because they can buy an individual um, for one time um, and then use that individual multiple times to to fill out, you know, whatever they're trying to traffic for, whether it's labor or sex. Um, whereas in the drug trafficking, um, you know, you, you buy your product and then you sell your product and then you're out of product. Unfortunately, with, with human trafficking, um, you once you buy the girl or the, the victim, the, the traffickers can use them multiple times for uh, a length of period, which is which is very unfortunate. But yeah, it does happen. It is profitable, um, unfortunately, and there does need to be an increase of awareness in it. Um, and so, also part of what we do at the Rape Crisis Center, and part of my job as an education coordinator, is to kind of go out into the community and host. Uh, right now, where it's free and they're virtual trainings on what is human trafficking? Again, what are these red flags and indicators? We talk more about the recruitment methods and things like that. Um, and so we're available if if you want to schedule something for a group of, of you, um, or also if you just want to come and join, you can just visit our website um, at rapecrisis.com slash events and sign up for any of our trainings regarding that. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, I do want to uh, let everyone know that on Monday, January 11th, uh, it is uh, the blue campaign from the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, they ask everyone to wear blue, to take a photo, and with the hashtag wear blue day, um, and end trafficking. Again, to spread awareness. Um, so I challenge all of you gladiators to, to do that on Monday, uh, January 11th, um, to report uh, suspect uh, or to report a suspect uh, human trafficking to federal law enforcement, call 866-347-2423. Um, to get help from the National Human Trafficking Hotline, you can call 888-373-7888 or text HELP to be free at 233-733. So I really want to um, thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Um, you really helped us to um, get some more information on human trafficking and, you know, those that are in need to get help. Definitely. Thank you for having us and spreading awareness. Um, I know that there is a lot of word out there that human trafficking is growing, but there's still a lot of underreporting. And so we hope that with the help of others and just spreading that awareness, um, there could be more reporting. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I look forward to, you know, future education uh, pieces with you guys. Um, Gladiators, thank you for listening to the, today's episode. Gladiators out.